what should we be expecting if Republicans do take back the majority in the House? Yeah, even if they do, it'll be very difficult for them to get legislation onto Joe Biden's desk enacted into law because of the problems in the United States Senate, the challenges of getting legislation through, as well as a Democrat in the White House, which is why investigations will take center stage in a Republican-led House. Republicans are already indicating their desire to look into the COVID origins, what's happening along the U.S.-Mexico border, issues with the president's family, and as Kevin McCarthy said, also what happened in Afghanistan. If you were to be speaker and Republicans take control of these committees, what will the hearings be centered around? I've heard the following, the collapse in Kabul. I've heard the uh, origination of COVID. I've heard the investigation of American parents. Joe Rogan, he thinks that I'm a lot. Yeah, what's up everybody? This is a uh, solo version of, I don't know even if I can call it any sort of podcast I've ever done, but we're reaching truly insane... Uh, sort of unhinged hours when I'm doing this solo. And I did try to reach out for guests, but I had to rescind every invitation since um, the political ideals of the people I reached out to did not agree with my own. But that's fine. Um, not a big deal. Anyway, I'm. it's election night. Uh, what do they call this? Fucking midterms? Or I don't even know, but, you know, I live in... Massachusetts, so I think we're pretty much sort of locked up as uh, a state that's going to vote Democrat. So, Jeff Deal, you can suck it. Just kidding. Well, no, I'm not kidding at all. But, uh, you know, I think that if you're someone who is following politics even remotely closely, you'll, you kind of know that the Democrats are headed for a fucking wipeout. But other people are actually saying it's a red mirage. So I don't even know. And guess what? I really don't even care that much. I just, I, I pretend to care in a way that, like, all right. So last week, after uh, everyone's favorite South African uh, blood diamond hoarding, you know, gem smuggling, whatever, South African. It sounds like I'm being like racist against South Africans, but I'm not. But um, Elon Musk bought Twitter, and you know it's kind of fun to pretend like things are going to change with Twitter. Um, I'm not so sort of uh, jaded to think that the platform, which is kind of already miserable, but like I don't think it's going to change that much. But where am I going with this? Is that I wanted to kind of step back from Twitter over the weekend. So, um, hold on, I'm just going to dislodge my mic real quick. So, this weekend I said, I'm done with Twitter. I'm deleting my account. And I basically set it for inactive. And I made it, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then last night. I uh, reactivated it. And the only thing that I sort of missed 
was sports talk. Um, and, you know, being in New England, that was Patriots. I'm a Liverpool, I'm a Reds fan, so that kind of talk was kind of missed out on that. And it's all, like, negative. So, like, when Liverpool was... When Tottenham scored a goal against Liverpool, you know, I only saw that on the app saying, hey, they're down, you know, Tottenham's down 2-1. I didn't have to see everyone saying that, you know, Liverpool's, you know, midfielders collapsed, the center backs played like shit, TAA played like garbage, or, you know, Darwin Nunez missed a a shot. So that was actually kind of nice. I did miss Celtics chat because I don't get... um, I don't get the channels that I can watch the game on, so I kind of relied on that for like my Celtics like news. And this is just Twitter. These are people posting things, and I'm relying on that. And it's all filtered through people I like. I don't really follow um, people I dislike for my NBA coverage, but I miss that. But holy fuck, when it comes to politics, like I am so glad. And, you know, I can't pretend like I'm an expert. I can't even pretend like my knowledge is passable, but it was quite refreshing. Um, I'll tell you what I'm drinking right now is a rosé seltzer by Vitamin C Brewing. Um, it's got grape must and I think Pinot Noir must. Very excellent. If you guys can pick it up. Go down there and grab it. Uh, but, yeah, so tonight, midterm elections, uh, it's going to be a bloodbath. And blood's red, and so are the Republicans. So, you know, I think that there should be no surprise there because of how just ineffective, just grossly ineffective um, the Democrats have been. It's just like... My opinion is, like, you get what you fucking deserve. So, you know, I'm not I'm not really surprised on that front. But I, with my old podcast, we did an election special. And I can't remember if it was... Yeah, it must have been... It must have been during, like, the Georgia runoffs when Warnock and Ossoff won. I don't know. Call in if you remember. No, I'm just kidding. Don't call in. Uh, so, uh, let's see. So, when you're doing like a solo cast, it's kind of like you're just trying to like, uh, you know, reference your topics and things like that. And trust me, I have no problem sort of, you know, doing my own thing. But um, I will say that something that caught my eye today was... A new documentary being released about uh, Casey Anthony and I, I don't even need to like talk about her what she did whatever but Peacock's putting out a documentary that's like her side of the story and my like gut instinct is to say like oh shit this is like in bad taste um, I'm gonna play the trailer. Let's uh, let's see what we think of this. But like in bad taste. Like yeah, this is. Oof. 
KC interview, ABC marker, soft sticks. So there's some text. Why talk to me now when you're not getting creative control? I'll say right off the bat, this is like the worst fucking trail I've ever seen because there is so much fucking dead air. That was brutal. I mean, that's all it said. So I guess this is like the Casey, Casey Anthony like re rehabilitation tour, which I'm I'm not here for. Um, let's play a clip here where Casey Anthony breaks her silence. Really oh God. Yeah, this is, we'll have to edit some of this out, but it's a commercial. After this, I'm going to go all in on daylight savings. I'm literally, I'm going to take down big, I don't know what, what big what. Why talk to me now when you're not getting creative control? It's been 11 years since Casey Anthony was found not guilty for murdering her two-year-old daughter, Kaylee, and now she's breaking her silence. The 36-year-old woman is set to share her side of the story in Peacock's new three-part docuseries, Casey Anthony, Where the Truth Lies, which is set to debut on November 29th. The limited series, which has been created by Alexandra Dean, will feature material from Casey's own archives and a lot of behind-the-scenes footage. Dean shared what viewers can expect in a press release. So... I'm going to just cut this off right now. Casey's own archives. Like, what could that be? I don't even want to speculate. Like, did she cut out newspaper clippings? Does she have, like, recordings? Like, that? this is... Uh, this is like... You know, and the thing about it, this took place 11 years ago. And that was, like, social media hadn't even like come into its own yet and geez seven uh, 11 years ago i was working in a bank where i wasn't like extremely online so i have a i think that this is going to be pretty controversial and i think that people are gonna probably hate this and this is like one of those things that i i'm you know I'm kind of skeptical it's going to really even make it to air. Saying, since her acquittal in 2011, public opinion of Casey Anthony has been largely shaped by the media, convinced of her guilt. What emerges over the course of multiple interviews recorded over six months is a startling psychological portrait of Casey Anthony and a complete narrative of what she says happened to her daughter and weighed against multiple sources. So she's taking a page out of the... Uh the O.J. Simpson handbook, which that handbook is, hey man, if you're going to go down that route, go down that route because it, it kind of worked where you're a, committed of a crime, public opinion is 100% against you except for a small amount of people. If you can like skate for like six years then you can just do like a five-year tour of almost being like an oddity, like a circus sideshow. So, you know, all the power to Casey Anthony. I hope uh, – no, I'm just kidding. I hope she stinks. I don't care for her. Um, but, you know, I just play a little more of this. Versus a potential evidence. 
I believe the result will surprise many and cause the American public to look at this story in a new light. The director also highlighted that this is the first time Anthony has ever given an in-depth or on-camera interview explaining her actions. And she also said that the production maintained, quote, complete editorial control against Anthony. Kaylee Anthony vanished in June 2008. See, what, what like, with, with a documentary about like this, what kind of makes it almost like crazy is that it's NBC, it's Comcast. They had to sign off on it. And they're like putting somebody basically on trial again with their audience. So like Comcast, that's probably what, like 60% of the country, but it's like, they're not, there's no benefit to this. No one gives a shit. I mean, we all know the name Casey Anthony, but no one, this isn't something I think, I don't think like it's the same as OJ, like justice might not have been served, but you know, I don't think OJ has a very good life now, but I don't know, man. I uh, I don't know if this is even a subject that I should even talk about, but uh, we're going to take a little break. We'll go for a little shoegaze here, and we'll be back. After a brief little break, um, if you're listening, I appreciate it. Trying to kind of get some content out there, and just you know, got a lot of grievances lately. Um, it's uh, I got CBS News on right now, and they're calling this "America Decides," which I think that's kind of a crazy indictment on America because when the Republicans take the House and the Senate, they're just going to be like, well, America decided. And then, you know what, though? If you think about it, I guess that makes fucking sense. But, you know, with gerrymandering coming home to roost and these terrible, like, MAGA candidates, it's just, ugh, it's just fucking crazy to think this is what America is. And, like, for a brief moment two years ago, it kind of felt like we were on the upswing and it's 
weird to think of like us as underdogs when we're not. And I say us, I, I mean, I don't know. I consider myself kind of a liberal dude, um, but ah, it's just really like depressing. And like I talked about in the first break about how you know I was off Twitter all weekend and it was so nice to like you know I took the app off my phone I took it off my iPad I took it off my computer it was just nice to like not have that like urge to kind of flood myself with depression it's like we click on things for serotonin Twitter does not emit or does not trigger serotonin at all it was just to not have it, it kind of so like right now I work in IT at a sort of very you know well known uh, let's just say tire place in Massachusetts and I'm at a computer all day just sitting at a computer I got everything at my fingertips I'm on Twitter click 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 Twitter 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 <sighs> I Email my buddy Scott, former co-host of the Wide Tip Podcast. Shout out, Scott. So we're just sort of all day. It's just we're emailing back. Like, when it comes to politics, it's all bad. So the respite or respite I had over the weekend was so nice. But of course, on you know election midterm eve, which was Monday yesterday I said fuck it we're gonna get the app back and we're spiraling again uh, I played only shallow by my bloody Valentine now we got be quiet and drive by the Deftones and you know I love when people call it like hellscape or uh, you know we're living in like a dumpster fire, but it's kind of true. That dog meme, it's so accurate. Because we all get smiles plastered on our faces. And we're just trying to uh, kind of like make it. Um, I, I want to take down the fat cats. Which, yikes, I like kind of ran through this in my head. And I, I, I guess I'll say what I initially kind of was thinking right off the bat, I want to take down the farmers. No, I'm just joking. But, dude, Daylight Savings Time had me fucked up this week. Like, for real. Um, so, the clocks moved back. We gained an hour. And, usually, like, I'm pumped about this. But, between having five cats in a house... A dog. I mean, I was up at what essentially amounts to, I guess, 5.30. It doesn't make sense to, like, replay time when it comes to daylight savings. It's just, you're going to drive yourself fucking insane. But I didn't take advantage of the extra hour. And then all day Sunday, I felt like shit. And then when it came time to go to bed, <sighs> I go to bed at, like, 10. But that's really 11? I don't know, but I slept like fucking shit. And I woke up yesterday, and I know this is like a family-friendly podcast, but I'll throw it out there. I was, I was surly yesterday. I was irascible. I was, 
I was not a cool customer. So, you know, at work yesterday, I'm just like grumpy. I'm not feeling great. Then a coworker reminds me that, I guess he reminds me, they're getting rid of daylight savings? Like, what the fuck? That was like the biggest shock of them all. And, you know, I much prefer the devil I know. I can't even imagine, like, we have a circadian rhythm. Is that like, is the daylight savings based upon the circadian rhythm? I don't know. But I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, I, I kind of, even though I felt like shit all weekend, I'm like, well, it's bright. Like, we're not changing the clocks back anymore. So, I guess it's going to be, like, brighter a little bit later. So, like, right now it's 6.15 a.m. It's bright as hell. But also, it's pitch black at fucking 4.30 when I leave for work. So, is that... Is is that... Is that... Is that going to be, like... I, I guess it's just going to be kind of, like, a 90-minute swing? I have no idea. I just think that, you know, kind of a little irrational to just get rid of daylight savings. I mean... To me, that would be like if they got rid of, like, Veterans Day. Um, am I advocating for getting rid of Veterans Day? I'll leave that up for you guys to decide. But, you know, eh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know about... Uh, if we get rid of President's Day, like, that would be crazy. So, um, if you have any thoughts on getting rid of daylight savings, I'd love to hear them. I can't really see. I think like there must be like the grumpy caucus in the Senate or the fucking House that was like, this is pointless. But it also seems like the kind of thing that I don't know if like any like who's who's the lobby for like who's the daylight savings lobby. I mean, is it my fucking uncle? Is it, like, my neighbor who complains about it? Is it me? I felt like shit yesterday, but I wasn't like, let's fucking change the... Change everything. That's... That's too far. Now, I did read that there was, like, a bill to, like, postpone it. Because it, it's over, baby. Like, Daylight Savings is done. It's going to be a footnote in history. Kind of like, like when you could drink at 18... Like, that blew my mind when I was a kid. You could drink when you were 18. And then the reason why they changed it was to get federal funding for, like, the highways. You had to have, like, a universal or, like, a, a drinking age for the entire country. And that was how they would get federal funding. So, uh, I, I want to meet... Maybe I'll, I'll book somebody from the daylight savings lobbyist lobby or whatever for the next uh, podcast and i'm sure sarah will love that um so over the weekend we had besides the fact that i like went twitter free and 
I got fucked up by daylight savings. And, like, dude, I was, like, hallucinating and shit. That's how bad it was. But um, the weather, holy fuck. How can you think that there's, like, I know people talk about climate change and whatever. Like, I'm on the fence about it. But, like, weekend like this, how can you honestly believe in climate change? Like, it was so nice. I'm obviously fucking around. I mean, climate change is, is is as accelerated as ever. But, oh man, it was like gorgeous. Gorgeous weekend. Um, I won't kind of say what we did, but we like me and Sarah went out to eat. We had a pretty nice little weekend. Um, oysters, some nice booze, some nice appetizers. It was a nice weekend. Um and this is actually a segment I kind of wanted to introduce. In fact, I kind of think I got a perfect song for it. Yep, this is Patty's Crosshairs, where I take down, I'm going to say a company right now. I'm going to take down a massive company. Um, are you guys familiar with the online retail retailer glasses war? You got your Zennies, you got your iBuy Directs. I was a fan of your Warby Parkers. I loved Warby Parker. So... I get my, uh, you know, uh, every year at work, you can, like, get your FSA, your flex spending, which is money set aside on a debit card pre-tax. It's the way the government encourages you to save, and they get a little bit of a gold star for sort of um, helping people allocate money for health insurance needs. Now, I'm not the target audience for this because... I'm a, I was a single person. I had not a lot of bills, but um, the benefit to this was on like the first of the year, you got a lump sum of all the money. So if you want to put aside 20 bucks a week, well, you got a grand in change that you could spend on eyeglasses, which I loved. So I would buy... I'd usually get like an eye exam, I'd buy new glasses, I'd buy new sunglasses, and I decided in 2020 to like take advantage of Warby Parker. So I would just spend all my money right off the bat on like two pairs of sunglasses, and we're talking like I would go for the expensive ones. Um, and I would just, you know, go ham. <clears throat> so... In December of this year, actually of last year, no, was it this year? Yeah, I bought a pair of glasses and I just was like, I'm going to spend this money. So I bought the glasses and I never even wore them until yesterday. I had a pair of like black horn rim glasses that they just were like not, they were flimsy, 
the finish had worn off. And I said, all right, it's time to get these other glasses fitted that I bought like a year ago. So I go to Warby Parker, Derby Street, Hingham, and I say, hey, can you adjust these to fit my fucking face? And they said, sure. And the woman, she was lovely. Shout out Tanisha. So she's like taking like, I guess you call them the arms of the glasses and like trying to fit them in my head. And it's going fine. And then she gets to the bridge of the nose to try to like bend them, like to bend the bridge of the nose in like an angle that would kind of wrap around my face. And she says, I can't do this. These things are warped. And I say, what do you mean warped? They're brand new. I've never worn them. And she said, hey, yeah, like this is like a legit quality control issue. Like they're warped. It's not your fault. And I'm like, yeah, I've never worn them or worn them. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. Can, what can you guys do? And she said, well, we can't do anything here. But if you call, they might be able to replace the frames. So I have a certain way with customer service that, you know, I can kind of, I kind of know what to say to make things happen. And when she said that, I said, hey, no skin off my back, not to worry. Uh, a woman who was working in Warby Parker for customer service, she tried to help me too. And I said, ma'am, I don't remember her name, but I knew she was Greek. I said, hey, no skin off my back, not a big deal. With a phone call, this will be fixed. So I get into the parking lot. I start driving. I dial up Warby Parker. And my entire pitch that I'd kind of worked out was, hey, I bought these a year ago. I actually bought them 11 months ago. I never wore them. I can take pictures to prove that I never wore them because the finish was not like worn off. The lenses were in immaculate shape. All I would like is a new pair of frames. That was my simple pitch. The thing about Warby Parker is that the frames are made in like China. They're incredibly cheap. They're just plastic. Like I'm sure that they're like the materials are like $5, but they charge you like 50. And then the lenses are where they do 75. We're talking, that's where they get you to like the 125 price point. So in my head, I'm kind of like, this is an easy fix. Like I've spent over a thousand dollars at Warby Parker. And that's not like a brag or anything. That's just like the facts. I mean, their glasses are cheap, but you kind of get what you pay for. And I wear glasses for everything. So I'm taking them on and off. Um, you know, if I'm traveling, I might lose a pair, step on a pair. Like it's not like I would like, I prefer a cheap pair of glasses and I don't have to feel shitty about. I used to go to like Pearl Vision or Vision Works where you'd get one pair of glasses that were $425. And yeah, they were great glasses, but if you lost them or they got damaged, they would bust your balls about it. Warby Parker, the policy is six months to replace the entire thing. So this was a year, and I'm just asking for the frame. Mail me the frame. I will bring it to the store, and they can replace it. No harm, no foul. So I call, 
And the woman says, the best I can do is offer you $50 off an entire new thing. So that means the glasses that I paid, now I will say this, I paid $150. So they want $100 for a new pair of glasses. What is preventing them from sending me the frame? I do not understand. And I asked that, and she just said, like, we don't do that. And I said, hey, you know what? That's fine. I'm not mad. Um, I'm not mad. I reminded her many times I'm not mad. But trust me, Warby Parker, they got an email this morning where I took them down. Now, I didn't really take them down, but I just laid out everything and said, like the last line of my email was like, I'm humbly asking you to replace the frame. And, you know, with the cutthroat glasses industry, I think that that wasn't too much to ask. And will you believe it or not, they are going to replace the frame. So I think the lesson here is that if, uh, you know, write a fucking email. I don't know. This was like eating at my craw today is that how, like like the woman that I talked to last night is like what was her like personal rationale for not like flying this up the flagpole because like you're going to take $100 over I, I don't know. It just really rubbed me the wrong way but um Warby Parker, you're on my shit list. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for anyone who listened to this. Um, really appreciate it. I'm trying to like get the song to play. Um, anyway, we'll have to edit that out. But uh, yeah, anyone who listened, thanks a ton. Um, hopefully like a solo cast. I don't know if it's like hanging out with me, but... Um, we'll be back with the full cast and crew. Um, I'm thinking we pump something out at another point this week. So thanks for listening. Yeah, in the shape of my face.